Welcome. God is, God is in the house. What a great youth group and children's ministry group and worship team. And let me just say, what a great church we've got. You guys are worshiping. You guys are letting the Lord move in you, having some uh, prophetic words coming forth. And man, it's awesome. Uh, all I can say is just I love y'all, and I love our church. I had someone come to me just a moment ago and said, you know, there there is a, a need, a hurting need. And I just, want, I just want to ask you to allow the Lord to move in your hurt today. God is trying so hard to get your attention this morning. Sometimes we come and we won't allow him to get our attention. Everything else has our attention. But I want you to know God is a healer. I just had a good friend of mine this morning tell me about uh, their uh, mother. I want you to know God is a healer. And God has been doing miracles in this church over the last couple weeks, over the last couple months, over the last seven years. As long as I've been in this church, and I've been in this church for 15 years, God, God has always been here. And God is here now. And I want to encourage you. God is here for you today. And he is ready to move in your life. And as Justin, as these words have come forth, it doesn't matter what you've walked in here with. God is here for you today. God is here for you. And it's not based on what you feel like. God is here for you. Don't miss that. We've been having fun. And let me tell you, I love to have fun. But you don't need to go out of here empty. You need to go out of here full. You don't want to go into a restaurant and have all the money in your bank account ready to buy a meal and you leave there hungry. I want you to know that the Lord has provided every provision for you today. He has set the table he has set the table for you in the, in, the, in the presence of your enemies. We've got enemies all around us, but I want you to know that does not affect God setting the table for you. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So for you to go home empty is not God's fault. And I want you to know the presence of the Lord is here. And it says when the presence of the Lord comes, that he comes with healing in his wings. I just want to ask you, I believe Elizabeth's got a word this morning, but I just want to ask you, what is your need? What is your need? Right where you sit right now, tell the Lord. Tell him, I've got a health need, I've got a debt need, I've got a finance need, I've got a kid need, I've got a marriage need, I've got an anger need, I've got a substance need, Lord, I've got an addiction need. What's my need? He says to let him know, he already knows what it is, let him know what it is. Why do we need to let him know what it is? Because it's a humbling of ourself. And he gives grace to the humble. He doesn't give grace to the stubborn He doesn't give grace to those that have it all together and doesn't need him. He gives grace to those that need him. 
What need do you have? What need do you have? I know you're questioning whether or not to give it. I'm telling you, you need to give it. I, th- I think this goes along with what you've been saying, um, you know, and all through praise and worship. And we had so many um, words come forth um, during our worship. And it, and it was so much about just coming, you know, just coming to Jesus. And um, I just feel like the Lord wants us to know um, this, this week, our youth group, we, we do, we've been studying David together. And um, this week, you know, we've been watching Saul just mess up. You know, he just, he just always did it his way. And um, I want to encourage you that if you're sitting here, and like this morning during praise and worship, or right now if you're thinking, you know, I just don't even know that God hears me anymore. And, you know, we've, we've, we've been reading about Saul, haven't we? And, and he just didn't feel like God heard him. God didn't hear him. He was in horrible sin. He would just take off and do it his own way. But you know what? It's a good thing when you start questioning sin. And I want to read to you Isaiah 59, just the first couple of chapters, because, you know, when we were studying about Saul this week, you know, David always repented. And poor old Saul, he just kept trying to do it his own way. And, and, and you get to a point this morning if you're thinking, you know what, my own way just isn't working anymore. Well, that's a good thing to figure out. And so let me just read this to you in Isaiah. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. And so I want to encourage you that if you're in a place this morning, if you're thinking, you know what, I just don't know that he even hears me right now. You know what? It's the iniquities. It's the sin. And so I think that we've had such wonderful opportunity this morning to say, okay, Lord, I'm coming running. I'm coming running and I'm leaving all this stuff behind and just clean me up. And I want to encourage you, if you're sitting there thinking about stuff, thinking that you're not worthy, just like Sarah said, if you're sitting there thinking that you're not worthy, guess what? You don't have to be because Jesus paid the price for that. He paid the price and we can come running. And you know what? He's the one who cleans us up. He's the one who restores us. He's the one who puts that robe on us. And so I just encourage you, if you're uncomfortable, it's good. It's good. Don't run away, but just run towards God because you're in the right place. And what he's saying is exactly right. God wants to restore you. He's a restorer. He's a restorer. He's a healer. He's a redeemer. It doesn't matter what you've done. He restores. If you've got your Bibles with you, open with me to Psalm 23. And you know what? Just hang on to your notes. We're not going to do those today. You know, I believe if the church would be a place where needs are met... I believe people would come to church. 
I believe if the world found out that the church was where needs were met, the world would come to church. And God is a need meter. It's in His name. It's who He is. Let me ask you something. Has God ever provided a need for you? Has He ever failed to provide a need for you? Are you waiting for a need to be met? I am. That doesn't mean he's not providing that need. It doesn't mean he doesn't have it on his mind to meet that need. He will always meet my needs. Always. Psalm 23, do you know this one? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what that means? You know, if we've got a good shepherd, have you ever noticed sheep? What do sheep have to do? Nothing. Nothing. And when we have a good shepherd, do you know what that shepherd does? He meets my needs. Can you bring this up for me, Blake? I'm in NIV, 1984 NIV. Just give me the closest thing you can give me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what that means? Sometimes we wonder what that means, what I want. What it means is, I shall have no want. I shall want for nothing. When the Lord is in in my presence, when I'm in the presence of the Lord and He is there, and I'm His sheep and He is my shepherd, I don't go hungry. I I don't wind up with wolves coming up trying to get me. I don't even have to think about it. I just have to know that my shepherd is there. If my shepherd isn't there, I better be watching out for the wolves. You know, I don't have to watch out for the wolves as long as the shepherd's there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me to green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside the still waters. Stay there if you don't mind. He makes me. When my shepherd is truly where he's supposed to be, do you know what he does? He requires me to be around him. He doesn't let me wander off to the other flock. He doesn't let me escape. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. It's not, it's not a roaring water that scares me to death. It's still water. What, how many of you sleep to the sound of water? Come on. I know you do. You turn the little machine on and, do I have the rain stick up here anymore? We don't. Why do we turn water on? It's peaceful. He leads me beside still waters. What else do I get from that? I get a drink. I don't go thirsty. Again, do you hear what today's message is? Elizabeth said, Sometimes you feel like you're not worthy. Can I just tell you? You're not. You're not. There's nothing that we can do to earn what God has provided for us. He has provided for us. One thing that we do have to do, though, is we have to receive it. We have to partake of it. He can lead me beside still waters, but I don't have to drink. I get to drink. He leads me beside still waters. What else does he do? 
He restores my soul. What's our word today? I'm going to tell you, we got a bunch of words today. You're not going home without a word. He's a restorer. What have you been beaten down with? How many here have been beaten down? Can I just tell you? Can we get real? I've been beaten down. My wife's been beaten down. My family's been beaten down. The church has been beaten down. Businesses have been beaten down. Men and wives and husbands and relationships have been beaten down. We have been beaten down. But when he is my shepherd, he restores my soul. What'd you say? He, no, it's verse 3. He restores my soul. And you know what he does when he's my shepherd? He leads me in the path of righteousness. I want to ask you for just a moment. Close your eyes for just a second. Is the shepherd there? When you look around, is the shepherd there? Because you know what? If he's not, you'd better be watching out. you got a lot to deal with. And it's going to be coming from every direction. And some of the stuff you're going to deserve, some of the stuff you're not, doesn't matter. The enemy's coming. And he wants you. He wants you to be unproductive. He wants you to be mean. He wants you to die. He wants you dead. If you don't see the shepherd, if you still got your eyes closed, ask for him. Father, I need the shepherd. I'm looking for all these great things that the shepherd shepherd provides, provides, but I don't have the shepherd. I'm calling on you to do all the things that the shepherd does, but you're not my shepherd. Be my shepherd, Lord. Be my shepherd, Lord. Okay, open up your eyes with me. He leads me, or he guides me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Do you know when you've got the shepherd, he leads your steps? When you've got the shepherd, he leads you. Maybe, maybe where you've been, you've ate all the grass. Have you ever been somewhere that all the grass is ate? You know a shepherd won't leave you there? He'll lead you to the next spot. How many of you have been in a spot and it's dry and it's weary and it's cracked and there's no rain, there's no life? I want to I tell you something. When the shepherd's with you, there's life. I think I'm hoping for you that the light bulb will go off and maybe you'll say, you know what? I come to church, I, I even read my Bible, I'm, I'm seeking after God. I mean, I'm trying to do everything right, but where's the shepherd? Where's the shepherd? I kind of said a few things right there. I don't know that you can read your Bible and get your heart right and you not have the shepherd. But sometimes we can do church. We can do religion, but leave God completely out of it. Where's the shepherd? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death... Do you know that that's where we walk? 
We are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you ever walked through that? Have you ever walked through the shadow of death? Whether it's in your life, in your relationships, in your jobs, in your, in your ability to provide for your family, in your ability to be the husband you're supposed to be or the wife that you're supposed to be or the child you're supposed to be, and it seems like you're walking. You're not walking through death. You're walking through the shadow of death. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when the Lord is my shepherd, I will fear no evil. Does that mean when the Lord's your shepherd that the wolves are not still kind of circling and they're around? Yes, they're around. Even though we're walking and the enemy is lurking, I, I don't even see the enemy. I might see the shadow of the enemy, but I don't see the enemy. Why? Because I see the shepherd. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can you imagine seeing the Lord walk into you with with Satan right there, but, but the Lord's got his staff and his rod? You know, when I see the Lord's staff and rod, you know what it does? It brings me comfort to know if Satan, if Satan comes over his bounds, God's going to whack him a good one. Ooh, good shot. Do that again. But you know what that rod also does? As long as the Lord is my shepherd, there's room for me to, to mess up. You know why? Because when I get away from the flock, he's going to give me a little... Come back. You know what? That correction sometimes hurts. Hurts my pride. Hurts my feelings. Lord, you hurt my feelings. That's okay. Come on over here anyway. How many of you with your children, they're about to do something that's going to hurt them, and you hurt their little feelings, but does that keep you from protecting them? It shouldn't. Even if baby Johnny throws a fit, I'm sorry, baby Johnny, (laughs) you come on back. You know why? Because I love you, baby Johnny. Now, I'm going to get you away from danger, and then I'm going to take care of that fit. God won't leave you to throw fits. God's not a fit thrower. And his children aren't fit throwers. Now, that may contradict a lot of what you've seen in this world. But first thing he's going to do is he's going to get us by the rod, by the hook, and bring us in. And then he's going to teach us. Because you know what? The shepherd's there. Johnny, this is not the way to react. This is not the way to react. You're going to veer off. You're going to get out of the flock every now and then and mess up. We are human. God says, I know you're human. I made you. But you know what? That my, my rod and my staff, they're going to bring you right back in. Can I ask you a question? Where's the shepherd? Where's the shepherd? You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? The enemies are there. 
I want you to know, if you didn't realize it, the things that are trying to separate you from God are the enemy. The things that are trying to get your mind, trying to get your eyes, trying to get your time, trying to get your kids, trying to get your marriage, they're the enemy. But when the Lord is your shepherd, he provides a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Doesn't mean the enemies, you know what, until Jesus comes back, the enemy is still going to be here. The enemy is still going to be here. But if the shepherd's here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. Where is the shepherd? You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Can we start again? Verse 1, don't go back to it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall shall not want. Who is that? That is Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord your provider. He restores my soul. He guides me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I believe that's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is here. You prepare, there's the provision again. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows their provision again. Now, don't stop. What's the key? The key is the shepherd. The key is the shepherd. Where's the shepherd? Because it's about to be good. Surely goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy. Mine says surely goodness and love, but... I sing, surely goodness and mercy shall follow, is it follow me. How's it go? That's one of those things, that, you know, you wake up and like, where did that song come from? I don't remember, but it was one of those old school songs I learned as a child. They shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I ask you a question? Where is the shepherd? Husbands, where is the shepherd of your life, of your decisions, of your walk, of your job, of your, of your marriage? Mowage. Love. Two. Love. That's from The Princess Bride, for those of y'all that don't know that movie. Where is the shepherd? Do you know what, husbands, when the, when the Lord is your shepherd, then you're able to take your position of authority over your, over your family, over your, over your kids, over your situations, and be the same thing to your family. You're not to be God for them, but you are to protect them, to provide for them, to lead them beside still waters, to have them live in a life of peace. That is because you are under God and you are being led there. When you are led there, you know who comes with you? Those who are under your authority. That blessing just continues to flow down. Let me ask you, wives, where is the shepherd in your life? The Lord is my shepherd. 
was talking to the greeters this morning and, and in ministry, if we can realize that when we step into ministry, really when we step into marriage, when we step into relationship, that we step in there as unto the Lord. Do you know what? I can't treat you the way you need to be treated unless God empowers me to do it. Because in my flesh, I'm not that nice. In my flesh, I'm rotten. But when the Spirit of God comes on me and leads me, and when God is my shepherd, then I can love you the way that you are supposed to be loved. That I can, I can meet a need that God has empowered me to meet for you because of, because of who God is in me. If I try to meet that need without God, husbands, when you try to meet your family's needs without God, you can't do it. You can try. You can appear to hold it together for a while, but you are up for a pretty big crash. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall have no wants. Now, I I would encourage you, when you get up in the morning, pray that. God, where are you? I have started, and I'll close with this. I started... Um, I, if y'all know me, know anything about my schedule, and I'm a very schedule-oriented person, the first thing I do when I get here on, on and Michelle will tell you on Monday, on every day of the week, I get my one-year Bible and I take off walking. Now, I've started walking around our community out here, and I just decided I'm just going to start reading the Word around our community, start praying for our community. Don't know any of them, need to meet them. I don't, it's not that I'm, I feel charged to be praying for them. We are a community church. These people around us need prayer. They need the church, whether it's another church or this church, but they need God. So I'm just getting out and I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible and here I go and I'm looking for deer. I'm looking for God. I'm looking for everything. I'm just praying. But before I start praying, before I start reading, I just say, Lord, what do you have to say to me today? Because I want to hear it and I want to obey it. You are God of my life and I come under your authority. Now, whatever it is that you have to say and you want to do in my life, Lord, I know I'm going to fall down. I know I'm not always always going to do it right. But my intention is to serve and to seek after you. Now, God, move in my life. Enough. I start reading. I start praying. start praying for those people. start reading. I get on with my day. But I would encourage you men, women, start your day with the Lord. Because if you don't, you'll start it with something else. Another thing that I do when I get out of my bed, Lord God, lead me and guide me into all truth. Because because non-truths are in my face every time I turn around. And you know what? If I don't have the Lord leading me, I'll believe it. Uh, Elizabeth got a stat this week. I think it was 60% of all 20-year-olds. I know it, it's okay. I'm just going to say it anyway. Just 60%, I believe it's college age, believe that what they read on the internet is 100% true. Okay. 40% of high school students believe what they read on the internet is complete truth. It's not true. Y'all, you want to know something else about high school students, about kids? They think if they don't get caught, it's not wrong. We have broken down. The, the shepherd is broken down. God's not broken down. If God's our shepherd, men, if we come under that authority, we will teach our kids the truth. Did I miss something? No, the shepherd's not broken down. 
the shepherd in our life. Follow, the, the, God being our shepherd, God is our shepherd, but we are, not, we are not following the shepherd. We're not coming under the shepherd. You guys, can you all just have a little mercy on me? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess things up. I'm going to continue to mess things up. And I don't go off the cuff. You all know that very much about me, right? I don't do that very much. But I want to I tell you, God is not broken down. Let me just clarify that. The problem is we are, not, we are not coming under the authority of the shepherd. For our kids to not know what truth is, the problem is not God, the problem is not our school system, the problem is the family. If I've said anything that threw you off, man, come and talk to me. Don't, don't get bent out of shape. Come, come talk to me. Or talk to God. Talk to the Lord about it. Give it to him. I had somebody come to me this morning and was talking about different types of denominations. And all I said to him was, take it up with God. Give it to God and let the Lord lead you and guide you. You know, we come from a lot of different religions, whether it's Church of Christ or whether it's Catholic or whether it's Episcopalian or whether it's Baptist or whether it's Assemblies of God or non-denominational. And let me tell you, we've all got little hang-ups. Don't let Satan rip you away from the church. Give it to God. Now, I'm going to close with this. Where is the shepherd? Where is the shepherd? God's ability to be the shepherd of your life is there for you today. We all just stand up with me and just bow your heads with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Father, we need you. I just encourage you right where you are, ask for the shepherd. Ask for the Lord to be your shepherd. You know what? If if the Lord is our shepherd, we don't have to worry about the provision. That's the shepherd's responsibility. If we could get our, if we could get our focus off of, off of the provision and onto the provider, the provision will be there. It says in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What is, what is, what is Matthew 6, saying? Let the Lord be your shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for you are with us. You provide a table for us. You prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Just ask you right now, make a commitment Make a commitment to God today. Turn your heart back to God today. Quit playing the, 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 the church religious game. And turn your heart truly over to the Lord. He is a great provider. And you know what? He will bring some correction, but it will be good. It will be good. And you don't have to live a life in fear. Do you know why you're living in fear? Because you're outside of that circle. You're not in that circle of the, of the shepherd's flock. 
Because when we're in the circle of the shepherd's flock, we're not going to fear the enemy. Why? Because you know what? The enemy is on the other side of the Lord. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. You are our shepherd. I just want to do this, and we'll, we'll, I, I'm not going to keep you much longer. But the altar is open. Um, I don't remember who came up and said, when it's time for altar time, the, and when the altar is open, to come and, and to be prayed for that the, that the provision of the Lord is here. Well, maybe you just need to come up here and just get right with God. Maybe you just need to recommit your life to Him. And I don't mean just come up here for a moment and go back to living the same way, to have a, have a life change. Maybe you need prayer for healing. Maybe you need prayer for your finances. Maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you just need some support and some encouragement. Would you humble yourself this morning and come to the table of the Lord? His provision is here. I just opened the altar. Those that are ministering with me, y'all come on down here. And let's just have a time of letting God meet our need and be our shepherd.